everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success and obviously the 200% life. Now, uh, one of the questions that we often get is uh, what, you can jump in there? Or are you just moving in your chair? Sorry. I thought I couldn't tell the difference. You were, you've got a lot of energy right now, Hallie, and you're ready to go. And she's just anxious energy though. And I probably should maybe do a little quick meditation. Yes, exactly. Which is what we're really going to talk and focus on today. Right. Which is the, the, a lot of questions we get is, do you meditate and which meditation practices do you use? And kind of uh, just asking for general tips around meditation. So we want to talk a little bit through this, uh, but before we are, um, one thing to remember, Hallie, is that you are experiencing the anxious energy. You are not the anxious energy. It's actually one of the first steps in when you start to meditate is that you actually realize that you have all these thoughts and that you're not your thoughts. Because in the first, in, in breaking down what meditation is, is just a time to basically be aware of what's going on in the inner world, right? That's really what it, a starting starting place of a meditation. People often will come in there and they go, I can't meditate. I just never, I couldn't really do it. And I go, well, why can't you? They go, I just get all these thoughts right away. And I go, great. So you noticed your thoughts? And they go, yeah. And that's why I can't meditate. And I go, that's the meditation. And that's the same thing. It's kind of like the same awareness that you bring into this, which is making sure that you are using language though, that, that is separating and bifurcating the emotion, the thoughts and who you are. Just like when Hallie says she's experiencing anxious energy is different than saying, I am anxious. The minute you say, I am anxious, you've now attached yourself to the anxiousness, which just intensifies it. And so the key is actually to go, wow, I'm really experiencing this anxiousness right now. And then you can, you can, if you want to meditate on who is the I that can experience this, that's a deeper level level if you want to. But the reality is just first using this language though for ourselves, which is I'm like, even yesterday, I started feeling like irritated again or angry just a little bit. And I was sitting there and I'm like, there's no external reason why I should feel this way, right? It just shouldn't happen. And I just, I went right to that. I go, wow, look at, I'm experiencing this anger. I'm experiencing this irritation. It's just funny. 
And there's no reason. And then it's funny after about three or four times doing it, it literally just started to lose its energy, right? Just because it always happens. If you've ever been angry at some point, the anger has subsided, hasn't it? Right. If you're anxious at some point, the anxiousness subsides. So it just starts to go away. Kind of like when it's raining, the clouds naturally tend to go away and the, and the sun comes back out. It's the same thing with emotions that you're feeling or the thoughts that are happening in your head. They come and they go depending on how long they stay is depending on how much energy you give to them. As an example of this, if a river is flowing water, how often does the same water stay in place? It really doesn't. The river takes the water down there. But if you were to concentrate on the water and freeze the water into ice, it's still water. But how often is that water moving? It's not really moving. Now it's frozen water. So it's staying still. We tend to do the exact same thing with our thoughts, which is if the th there's many thoughts that come up and go, just like the river flows with the water that you don't pay any attention to. They're little thoughts. They don't really bother you. Whatever they are, they come and go because there's 95, 100,000 thoughts that happen every single day in a human. So you have all these different thoughts that are actually happening. The, the thing is, is when, uh, when you decide that you have fixated on a thought or one gets the emotions involved and you start experiencing that, you now have frozen the thought essentially. You've taken your ability to concentrate and you've put it on the thought, and now you're holding it there. And so therefore you become attached to the thought. And so now it becomes harder to separate yourself from it or see yourself as something different than actually being the thought or the emotion that's there. So then we use the language uh, almost verbatim of I'm angry right now, or I am frustrated, or I feel very excited. I am very excited right now. You're just becoming it. Remember, whether it's a a more of what we would call a negative emotion or a positive emotion, it's actually irrelevant. It's the same thing. You're still attaching yourself to it. So even if you're really, really excited, you're like, wow, I'm experiencing this wonderful uplifting of excitement. It's different than saying I'm excited. In either case, it, the reason why you want to be so particular on there is because you need to separate yourself from this and understand that you are in there witnessing all of these events that come and go. Just like you would witness the weather, there's literally no difference. You witness the weather. The weather is sometimes sunny. It's raining. It's snowing, right? It's windy. It's not windy. It's calm, right? It's all different things that are happening and you're just experiencing them. You're never the weather. Nobody would walk out there and say, I am the rain, but that's what you're doing in your inner world. People get so concentrated on their inner world that they wake up and go, they think they are their inner world, which is, is really isn't true. So meditation becomes one of these wonderful gifts to start bifurcating yourself from the experiencing that you're having to who you really are, right? It's almost like the old adage. I know it's silly, but like, it's like a fish is swimming in water and, and you go, how's the water? And you go, what water? They're just so attached to it. They don't realize they're actually in water. And that's how the majority of us are walking around our lives. They're so attached to an identity. They're so attached to emotions. They're so attached to their thoughts that they don't understand there even there is a difference between not being in the water or not living your thoughts. Meditation practices come in because it actually gives you awareness to what you're concentrating on. It actually gives you this ability to pause for a second and go, hold on, I've got a whole bunch of thoughts, Hallie. I've got a whole bunch of thoughts. I'm actually feeling these emotions. And you just be, and then you go, oh, that is the meditation. So in the beginning, when people say like, I can't meditate because I have thoughts, that's the whole point is to stop and go, well, how do you know you're aware of your thoughts? And you keep asking the question and go, finally go, because I'm in here noticing that I have thoughts. That's what happens, especially in the beginning of meditation. So that's kind of your first step to understand there is supposed to be. Um, the practice that, I, that I've used as a foundation for going into this is transcendental meditation. I know Hallie practices transcendental meditation and we've gotten a lot of people into it. 
but the actual method of meditation is almost irrelevant. I'm just really like what works for you type guy. The whole point of the meditation isn't to have some spiritual experience in the deep meditation that you hold on to. In fact, I'm much more about permanent states than I am about temporary experiences. And that's all the training that we do here is focused on having more permanent experiences you can bring into everyday life, which is the greatest technique that we will always teach here, which is relax, release, surrender, which is the best way to surrender is relaxing, releasing. It's really difficult to actually be uh, relaxed and not allowing the event to unfold, right? It just, it is. If you're holding onto a piece of plywood and 30 mile an hour winds, you have to hold on really tight. If you let go of the plywood and relax, you're no longer holding the plywood, the wind can go through you. So that's the same thing here. So with, with, with transcendental meditation or whatever meditation you're doing, it's wonderful to have spiritual experiences. They open you up to what's possible and how you can bring more of that in there. And that's one of the, the greatest gifts that you can have on that. Again, it's just TM works well for, for me and for many people because it's a model. It gives you a framework to work on. They teach you the, the kind of history of the TM philosophy. They give you answers to things that are happening in there in a very conceptual way for you to understand that and take that back in and practice this. So it becomes this really cool gift that you can have for yourself that twice a day, 20 minutes, you can be aware of what's happening in your inner world. So it's like when we talk about the 200% life, I always say the gateway drug to my inner world was really transcendental meditation 15 years ago as kind of like the real gateway into really opening and going down this lever because I started seeing what was actually happening in there. I started seeing the experiences instead of actually becoming the experience. I started actually noticing the experience or noticing the thoughts instead of being the thoughts. And that that is your first step into this and the point of meditation. Now, of course, Meditation also feels great. It also can bring more of your meditative state into your waking world. And what that really means is in the beginning, a lot of times people have these flashy meditation experiences, whether it's TM or something else, TM traditional meditation or something else, their meditation that they're practicing. And then over time, they actually start to become more bland. Part of that is because um, they're bringing more of what they're gaining in meditation into their everyday life. So that's one of the cool benefits of meditation is that you start to not get bothered as much about the car in front of you. You start to not get, you start not to suffer or get disturbed as much when the weather isn't the way you want it to. You just start to have this a little bit looseness around the energy bite that's in there. It starts to just, just relax a little bit so you can then see it longer so that you don't actually have to be able to really push it forward. So you can just start and really, really enjoy that. Curious, Hallie, what has your experience been for TM so far? Uh, and what um, what have you seen the benefits for? And, and how has this really helped you um, from a business leader as well too? Well, um, as you know, I don't practice TM as regularly as I interrelate like they should, but probably to bring benefits, right? I mean, the, obviously the more consistent you are, the uh, the larger or the more impactful the benefits will be. But even as inconsistently as I do TM, um, in those little, I mean, I can immediately feel a difference from just from what, when I do it. And I can only imagine having, if I was more consistent with it, the massive impact that it would have. It just makes me feel um, a little bit more relaxed, which is always a good thing. Um, more centered, more clear. It does actually, interestingly, 
Um, sometimes I think meditation like brings you down and like creates calm, but I actually think meditation for me anyway um, gives me like increased energy. And so it actually like brings me up more than it like relaxes me. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a really amazing practice for business specifically or, or you know, career professionals for that very reason. Um, and then I know that you've mentioned some, I know this is just like if people try to get into it, I suppose, but um, you mentioned some famous people who do it, yeah. <laughs> which I always just think of. Funny to name drop. It's okay to name yeah. drop, build credibility. Successful people or, you know, what most people think of as successful or celebrities or whoever GTM. Or more specifically, there's this person I follow on on uh, Instagram, and nobody would probably necessarily know her name unless you were kind of in that space. Um, course creators or content creators, influencers. Um, but she posted actually just yesterday, so it's fine that we're talking about this, about her ideal morning, kind of like what her ideal morning routine is. And it is pretty much identical to how I would like my to craft my, my day. I'm not quite awesome. there yet. But interestingly... Um, one of hers was 20 minute transcendental meditation. Mm. And I'm like, it's so interesting that I'm so attracted out of all of the influencers that are out there, successful business, um, entrepreneurs and course creators and content creators. I was very attracted to her type of teaching and her methodology. And she happens to practice transcendental meditation. There's probably some sort of correlation there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got a different nature that follows that. Um, you know, I, I think why it's becoming so popular in the business setting is not just because it's a fad, because it actually also makes you a more superior competitor. I really believe when, I mean, Ray Dalio, you're talking about famous people, Ray Dalio credits the, the single success of Bridgewater, which was the largest private hedge fund in the world. And if people know who Ray Dalio is, or they don't know, you can look him up. I mean, he is incredibly famous. He also would basically advise presidents over economic policies. I mean, guys, is absolutely brilliant. And he claims that TM gave him intense clarity for making decisions, right? Increasing just resilience. Um, so like that practice in itself that he was doing gave him clarity on decisions, which as a leader or in business, I'm just going to stop there for a second, just in business and leadership. What are you doing? You want the more clarity you have, the clearer you can see something in your mind, the clearer you can bring it out in the physical world. Cause that's where it starts. Right? So that becomes a really amazing gift is that you actually have this new level of clarity for making decisions, which in my definition, businesses that are, that are really great are built on wonderful decision-making right? Every single day. It's not some gigantic event that typically happens. You hear about that sometimes, but really what's happened is a bunch of really higher level decision-making that's happened for years until you get to that one event. Then maybe a decision is made, but you've got to get to that point of decision-making as well. So I always work backwards from business too. And this is essentially why I got into this is not only for the inner world experience, but also to wake up and realize, well, if I'm going to be really good in business, isn't it better to be clearer so I can have better decision-making so I can understand people more, to have more compassion, to understand my clients more, to understand the direction of the industry. And if, if, if there's something that's going to give you a leg up on that, then why wouldn't you do that? That's like, it's like, literally, if you're going to practice your backhand in tennis to become better at tennis, you would practice it so you could win your, over your component. It's the same thing here. Business, everyone can win. There doesn't have to be any losers in business. That's the cool thing versus sports. Sports, somebody has to lose. You know that going into it, so it's fine. In business, 
there is no win loss. You can win win. And I think the way conscious business leaders win is to make conscious decisions, which working backwards is one of the first things you can do is to meditate. I also think exercise should be in there as well, too, because it gives you uh, more energy, creativity in the same way. So if you if you tackle, you know, each morning or evening or whatever it is that works for you each day, exercise and, and transcendental meditation or some form of meditation, you're well on your way to being a better uh uh, individual who has self-leadership that then can bring that into leadership, right? I mean, Jerry Seinfeld's a big TM meditator and he, him and Tim Ferriss were talking about because you know, both Tim and Jerry have talked openly about their deep depression that they can get into. And, and Tim asked Jerry, he said, what is the one thing that you can do? And he said, there's two. And he said, TM and exercise. He said, I can do TM and exercise every day. I pretty much am, am, am great. Like meaning that like, it doesn't mean there's not some moments there, but I don't fall into that deep depression. I don't need medication. I don't need anything else. I just, if, as long as I can do TM and meditation each day, it keeps me focused and in, in, in a spot where I can maintain myself, my sense of self. So I think that's really important for us to kind of, so why would you do it? It's you end up actually getting more what you want. You end up having more peace, but you also get more of the outer world too. And so like life is this 200%. So why not set yourself up to be in the best position to win whatever you're doing at, right? To go win at what you're doing versus, I mean, nobody wants to go work for a company that signs up to lose, right? So like sign up to win and, and you, if you're playing sports, you would train differently and work on plays and work on yourself and your running and your exercise and massage and ice baths and all that stuff. It's also now coming into the business world, which ice baths are a big thing right now, or cold water therapy, which I love by the way. Um, you know, and then again, TM and, and exercise are one of those things that kind of set you up. Uh, so that's the real business benefit from, uh, from, from, from meditation is the clarity in the direction that it gives you. I mean, have you ever been a business owner and just been like, I don't know what decision to make. I know how to handle this next problem. Well, the clearer you are and the more you can meditate and, and, and understand that, the less those issues come up. It doesn't mean that the challenges is not going to be there. The challenges have no, are irrelevant whether or not you're clear or not. The challenges just show up. And so it's how you deal with the challenges. And I, and I think you always want to make sure you're in the best, equipped the best to handle anything. That's business. And then you just go into your life, right? You've got a whole other series of challenges that are happening in your life, whether that's your partner, whether that's relationships, right? Whether that is, you know, how to handle your money and the finances, what schools your kids need to go to, what you want to do, extracurricular activities, what friend groups you're having challenges with or not challenges with. And all of that becomes a little easier when the more clearer you are. So that's one of the, the big benefits. So I would encourage people to not be so caught up in terms of uh, what meditation practice do I do? Again, TM works really well for me. Uh, it's worked really well for a lot of business leaders. Uh, again, Oprah is somebody that uses it and, and provides it as a benefit. Um, she says she does at least once a day. Uh, again, there's a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that, that I know that do other benefits as well too, um, or other meditation practices that work wonderful for them too. So whatever's working for you, if you have something that maybe you stay consistent with and you're hearing this and you said, maybe I'll look in the TM, maybe you don't need to, right? If you have something that's working for you, maybe you want to explore it. I was listening to a podcast this morning though, hearing a guy who started in TM, he did TM for about 15, 20 years, and then he switched practices to more of a, a, a mindless practice, uh, which then benefited and took him to the next level. And then he switched again recently and he was in his sixties. So again, it's, it, there may be times where you just get introduced in the new concepts that make sense 
to uh, to further that along. I've also known really high individuals that have been doing TM for 50 years and haven't stopped. Uh, you know what's really fascinating, Hallie? Um, I've been really interested in answering the question about uh, meditative practices, but also the the effects of hallucinogenics on the mind and why they are so effective. And it's really, when you think about it from a meditative practice, I think there's this, this concept that people go into meditation and they don't always get an experience. And so they chalk it up to, it didn't work for me. This is just some hype people are talking about, or meditation really doesn't work. But if you give somebody hallucinogenic, right, whether that's ayahuasca or a mushroom or whatever it is in a controlled way, not to go and trip like you were when you're in college, but to go and have a hallucinogenic experience this way or a psychedelic experience, what there's nobody that comes back from that and goes, it didn't work for me, right? It, 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 there's something that jumpstarts that. So that's why it's really interesting to hear about hallucinogenics. And I find it fascinating, this research that I was reading about is what happens when you take a hallucinogenic, because people often ask me a lot, specifically if I've taken them and I have in college, that's different and haven't since, and I haven't done it from a psychedelic standpoint, though I'm, I'm definitely interested. What really starts to happen is, is we all walk around with this concepts, these ideas of who we think we are. So the entire world is judged based on these, these, what you want to call it an ego or a psyche, or these, almost these beliefs, if you just want to use that word of the entire world. Right. And then by the way, your mind has these, these, these theories on the weight of the beliefs that could happen. Right. As an example could be, is like, if it, if it's wet outside, there's a strong correlation that it was from rain. Right. And you would just believe that would be a pre conceived notion that you would believe that it's wet because of rain. When you get into actually hallucinogenics, one of the first things that it does is it actually removes the top layers of beliefs. That's why people start to see the world completely differently. I think meditation practice can do the same thing. And so it becomes a benefit. The reason why people are doing hallucinogenics because it's a it's a, almost a guaranteed way to put yourself in that state. And all of a sudden, imagine if all of a sudden you got into a hallucinogenic state and you knew you were there but all of your preconceived beliefs that you have no idea that are even beliefs that are just happening and running your life every single day, go away. And that's essentially what happens when you take a hallucinogenic. It just, your top level beliefs about the world, about everything just melt below it. So now all of a sudden you start to see the world for what it is with almost no preconceived notions, almost like it paralyzes that part of you to actually bring that in. It stops that part of the brain from functioning in that capability. So you then wake up and go, huh? Like, this is what it could be. This is what life could be like if I didn't have all of these, these egoic or beliefs or identities that are running my life. And so that's one of the, the, the benefits of psychedelics. And then it can enhance your meditation practice from there. That is the goal, by the way, of meditation practices. When you, when you go in there, it starts to remove these levels of belief. So you can bring yourself into the outer world to see it for what it is. Uh, and again, I think that's why this 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 correlation between meditation and psychedelics is becoming so powerful. And, and psychedelics are being used for people that are, you know, bipolar, that that are depressed, all of these type of things. Because um, when that's happening, you can you can again re remove your beliefs. I mean, think about that. If you just woke up or you 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 looked at the world and you just saw it without a a weighted probability of the things that were happening around you. Uh, and that's what, that's what tends to happen. And that can happen in meditation. So all of those things, why are they important? It's because you're allowed to actually come into the world with more clarity, with um, increased focus, 
increase creativity, right? I mean, as a business leader, being, being creative is key. And then knowing the resilience and knowing why you're here is really important as well too. So next time you're thinking about a meditation practice, or maybe you're meditating and maybe you've, you've fallen off the wagon of meditation, I would highly encourage you to just approach it differently, which is the, the whole point of meditation is just to experience whatever you're experiencing inside. That is 100% inner world. So if you're having emotions, you're having thoughts, you can't get to a transcendental spiritual experience place. That's perfect because that's the whole start of meditation is to realize that I have these thoughts and wow, I am addicted to them every time I'm not meditating. That's the first place to start. And as you do that over and over and over again, you'll start to gain more clarity, more creativity, more resilience, more opportunities for growth, more focus. You become you become better at everything you do, including the sport at which you play, which is business, uh, which is also a parent, which is also friends, right? But it works in every category of your life. And so um, as you start to do this and put this into place, again, you'll you'll put yourself in a situation to be equipped to handle the challenges, the events, all those things that happen in life. So next time you're meditating, remember this, experience this, enjoy this. And again, remember that this is 100% inner world, 100% outer world. There's no renunciation of the outer world. That's that's the same energy. You know, you know what renunciation is? Renunciation is I have a desire to go build a house. And you know what? Instead of going to build a house, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care if I have the desire. I'm just not going to do it anymore right? That is the same energy of going after it versus not going after it. There's a desire because you're not okay. And that shows up, right? And then you decide not to do it because you're just renouncing, renouncing things or something shows up for it, whatever it is. So we just breathe for a second. And remember the highest technique you can always do is in everyday life, which is to relax, to release. And what you're relaxing is you're relaxing yourself attached to an emotion. You're relaxing yourself and releasing yourself from an attachment to a thought. Therefore, you're actually putting yourself in the highest probability and the highest opportunity to take advantage of contributing to the moment. That contribution could be in business, that contribution could be in health, that contribution could be your family, but it's putting you in the best situation to the best human being that you can be. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.